On July 11th, an event called Pride in the Park took place in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Organizers expected some pushback and protesters. Sure enough, a small group of panhandle patriots showed up, some with guns. Blocks away, a citizen noticed a large group of men in blue polos and khakis loading into a U-Haul truck. That citizen called the police and said that it looked like a small army. Police pulled the truck over an eighth of a mile from the Pride event. Inside, 31 members of Patriot Front were prepared to riot at the park. They were all zip-tied and arrested and booked on misdemeanor charges of conspiracy to riot. Their mugshots, names, and cities of residence have now been released to the public. Bail was set at $300, and all members have now bonded out. everybody and welcome to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters this is katie weaver and i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody how's it going you know it's going really well wonderful really well just just got home from a a great p flag meeting which always makes me feel good about my community and yeah no tell I know what PFLAG is, but other people may not. So uh, expand a little, please. Well, PFLAG, the name is old, and so we don't give what the acronym stands for anymore. But it's it's a support organization for the LGBT community, mm-hmm. for parents, allies, members of the community, friends, people of all ages. We are just mm-hmm. a, a little community organization. We get together once a month, and we have a Facebook group, and you know, we're just a we're, we're a place for resources. And really just friendship and support. You know, we live in a place where it's not always, doesn't always feel safe. So we have a Mm -hmm. coffee house, the Egyptian, where we meet, that's a safe place. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And it's interesting how it's a different group every month. Yeah. Often it's never see the same two people twice. It's just like, if people really need some support, they need some support and then they come. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's how it was tonight. It was great. I love that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, it is Wednesday. This is our Wednesday case, our Wednesday episode. And yeah, we've already uh, blown through the week. I can't believe we're already on the Wednesday episode, to be honest. Uh, But here we are. (laughs) I just am sitting in absolute awe and sadness of what's happening in Yellowstone. Right? Oh, my gosh, you guys. It's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. So what happened is that uh, there was quite a bit of snowpack still to melt, added by a bunch of new snow that happened a couple of weeks ago that really, uh, really crippled a part of the park then. And then uh, over the weekend, they got a whole bunch of snow. Or I'm sorry, of rain. And the rain just helped speed up the melting of that snow. And it has flooded Yellowstone it's washed out bridges. It's washed out roads, houses. Uh, it, it's not yeah, just Yellowstone. buildings into the river. Yeah. On the west side of Yellowstone, uh, the Island Park area is flooding. Yeah. On other sides of Yellowstone, uh, other communities are flooding into Montana. It is so bad. So it bad. Is. And they're not done yet because it's supposed to rain all weekend. And yeah. there's more, still more snow to melt. So... Well, they evacuated 10,000 people from Yellowstone Park. Yeah. the Well, and the people that are in uh, Gardner are trapped. Yeah. They, they can't, can't even get, get out. out. The bridges and roads are washed out. And the water is not potable because uh, of the floods. And they're saying, don't even boil water and drink it. You, you'll still make yourself sick. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they're using uh, park resources to fly uh, and potentially a uh, uh, National Guard resources, too, I'd read earlier today, to fly uh, help in to these people and bring, you know, medicine and food and water and whatnot until they can figure out how to get them out or at least get some kind of a temporary road situation going so that they can come and go as they need to. It is something. 
and the entire park is currently closed and that hasn't happened in a really long time decades that hasn't no. happened in decades no not at all this is a very unusual situation mm -hmm. montana doesn't flood they don't no. flood. this is something very new for them so anyway our hearts are really with everyone who's affected by this uh the Definitely. people who live in and around the park and work in and around the park all of the small businesses that are affected the tourist companies and all of the tourists that were either here or coming here to uh go to yellowstone whose plans have been dashed for now yeah for we don't and, really and even know how long the wildlife because that's what worries that's me. what yeah me too me too. I know Hopefully my husband said, my God, are we going to see, uh, yeah, carcasses of bison, you know, uh, washing up on mm -hmm. shores and stuff. My God, that would be horrifying. I hope that's not the case. But me, me too. Me too. But gosh, no, this was definitely not something anybody was expecting. Mm -mm. No, not at all. So we're keeping a close eye on that and uh, sending all of our love and prayers up there. Mm -hmm. And here I just bought my season pass too. Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh well. I wanted to make a weekend trip and haven't done it yet. I have to wait a while now, huh? Well, Grand Teton National Forest is open. There you and go. a lot of what you see in Yellowstone you also see in Grand Teton. And so mm -hmm. there is that, but uh don't say that too. And then well. you the get to go to Jackson. Don't want you to. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to go to Jackson Hole, which is a fun place to go too. Mm -hmm. For sure. So there there are some silver linings, but yeah, gosh. Hate to see it. Most definitely. Well, we have a big episode for you today. And Christy, you're going to kick off our first segment. So I'm going to kick the mic over to you for that. All right. Well, I have a little WTF. <laughs> well, what are you laughing about? You forgot the name of the segment, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I knew it. <laughs> I told her before, you guys, I promise. I told her what my segments were. Well. I know the probably. second one. I do know the second one. I'm going to say it is the crime update. So yes. I remember. Well, I have to job. store it somewhere in here. We'll try. Anyway, well, hopefully. carry on. Now you remember. All right. <laughs> so you've probably heard of the baby Holly situation. Yes. Baby Holly went missing in Texas. Uh, baby Holly's parents were murdered and she went missing about 40 years ago. And due to, you guessed it, some DNA, it turns out, baby Holly is alive and well and has been living in Oklahoma. Her parents um, were killed in 1981. She just disappeared and no one ever knew what happened to her. Well, so did her parents. Right. They did too. And then their bodies were found and she was not found. Mm -hmm. So... Here's what we know now, because there's been a lot of like, but who raised her and where has she been all this time? Yeah. So apparently it is believed because this is a cult that is now defunct. But people who are experts on the cult Christ family say that baby Holly's parents were very likely members of Christ family. Everything about what was going on with them at the time is matching up with what happened. With okay, that. that really makes sense. Okay. And here's the thing. It's very likely that baby Holly was actually given away before her parents were killed. Because the Christ family people were not allowed to have children. And so some of them actually joined the cult and gave up their children to join the cult. Oh my God. Yeah. How crazy Whoa. is that? So they I feel Holly, like that's what Christ would want them to do. Right? Sure. This, Give this away tracks. your child. This is so weird. So Ugh. what happened is that a couple of members of what they believe uh to be this Christ family cult um brought baby Holly to a church before, after the death of the people. Not sure. Because right. I don't know. No one really knows. Um, and turned her over and basically said, um, you know, this child needs to be adopted out. They have no parents. I had read they were women in robes. 
barefoot yep. women in robes. Yep, barefoot white robes, mm -hmm. which tracks with what that cult used to wear. Uh, the time frame matches up with when uh, this baby was given to this church. Mm -hmm. So the Christ family was led by Charles McHugh, who went by the name Lightning Amen. <laughs> because of course he was i don't even know what to say about all of that not lightning mcqueen do not get this mixed up not lightning mcqueen lightning amen <laughs> i get a lightning amen yes right right so they were sort of roaming nomadically through california arizona and texas in the late 70s and early 80s this mm -hmm. happened in 81 um, they were based on the Bible, but, you know, uh, all uh, lightning, amen, he kind of varied quite a bit. Weird. And kind of made stuff up that he, he, he what? it was a real loose interpretation. Let's just put it that way. Where have we ever seen that before? Right. No. So unusual. So the Klauses were from Louis, uh, Louisville, Texas. And they just disappeared sometime in late 1980. And then their bodies were found in 1981 in Houston, of course, with no baby Holly with them. Mm -hmm. We don't know how or why they died yet. Like that, there's no answer to that just yet. Mm -hmm. But it is believed that they turned over Holly and that members of the uh, Christ family are who took her to the church who basically then sent her into the system where she was adopted. Wow. So, so strange. Mm -hmm. So very, very strange. Mm -hmm. and, but, wow. you know, I guess maybe for Holly, there's beginning to be some answers for her. I mean, I don't know. These are not happy answers by any means. No. No. Wow. Um, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Amen, Lightning, uh, was known for twisting the meaning of individual scripture, individual verses, in order to manipulate what? followers. I know. So surprising. Um, and apparently he was a psychopath and he hurt people and he was dangerous. What? No. Cult leaders are never like that. These just couldn't be things that are happening. No. Right. You know, and we've done a big segment, a, a big study on cults recently, mm -hmm. and it hasn't been here on the main page. It's mostly been over on Patreon, but we right. have covered several cults recently. Uh, well, this shit sounds familiar. I'll just say that. Right. Yeah. Doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's just the same story and the controlling of people, but the ability to control people to the level that they would give up. Their infant daughter is crazy mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. But it appears that that is what happened. So there's more investigation happening, of course. And it's yeah. good to know that Holly's alive and well and probably great that she didn't grow up in that dumb cult. Yeah. But we still don't know what really happened to her parents. But we'll continue to update on this case because, well, it's very interesting, don't you think? Yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to kick the uh, mic back to you, well, and me for the main case. Yes. So this is our group case for the week. Yeah. And, of course, we are talking about the stuff that happened in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, over the weekend. Yeah. So, and I will say uh, multiple... Uh, Listeners have reached out to us to see, uh, you know, if we're good and if we were there, we weren't. It's Coeur d'Alene is a long, long ways from us. Coeur d'Alene is in the panhandle of Idaho. and Idaho is kind of like two states and we're in the yeah. bottom and they're mm -hmm. in the top half. Yeah. So we were not. Um, but what we know happened is that uh, an event was planned for a Pride in the Park event. And, you know, in researching this case, the thing that I found pretty shocking and interesting was that uh, they were expecting protesters. The police were expecting protesters. They had already amped up police presence quite a lot. And they had protesters there. 
Oh, mm-hmm. Sorry, wrong picture. They had protesters there uh, wandering around with ARs strapped to their backs. Things have been rough for a very long time in northern Idaho. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well known for neo-Nazis. And I know that the the just wandering around downtown with guns strapped to their back to let people know who's really in charge around here mm-hmm. has been a thing with those panhandle patriots for quite a while. Yes, it has. It has. And honestly, I mean, that's that's really shocking enough and, and terrible yeah. enough, honestly. But then, of course, we know that a citizen saw in a hotel parking lot a large number of men cramming into the back of a U-Haul. And they thought that looked sus. And right? it was. Can so you imagine seeing that? Like, how could you right? ever think that that wasn't something that had nefarious purposes going on, yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. So they called the police. And this is where, honestly, I am really pretty surprised and impressed. The, the police responded. They pulled yeah. this truck over. And they arrested all 31 people. There were 29 people in the truck and two people in the the cab. These men all had on khakis, blue shirts, uh, some with logos and words on them, some without, uh, tan caps and white balaclavas on their face and sunglasses. Wearing a white covering on your face. Now, where have we seen that before? Seems familiar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weird. Well, mm-hmm. that's what they did. And yeah. the police picked them up because this was sus as hell, right? Mm-hmm. And they uh, had them all on their knees with their hands zip tied behind their backs this is a picture I like to see right here. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to see it right here. And I, we should mention too, it looks like most of them had like jack boots on. They did. And they had riot gear, shields, spears, concealed weapons, smoke bombs, yep. flashbangs. Did they have any concealed weapons? I haven't heard anything about actual. That is uh, something that guns. I heard today. Is that hmm. yes, they were concealed carry. Well, that wouldn't Which surprise is me. But interesting because Idaho is an open carry state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, that's why bringing guns like across state lines not cool. This and that spicy. there's a lot. Don't quote me. This is an unsubstantiated source right now, mm-hmm. but that is what I heard today. Is uh-huh. that many of them were concealed carrying? So we'll see. You know, if that comes mm-hmm. out. I, Honestly, I don't know if that'll get reported because Idaho's pretty famous for making sure nobody's blaming the guns for anything. True, but the FBI got involved immediately. They did. And that's probably where we will hear more of the truth. So these guys were all charged. They were all taken in and they were all charged. Uh, and they're all charged with the same thing. And it's a misdemeanor. It is a conspiracy to riot charges. And the reason that those are the charges that they caught were because their leader had paperwork with him, basically a written manifesto of why they were there and what they were going to do. And that was riot, not just Mm. at the park. They were planning on going to several different places in town. Uh, So basically they were coming to just upend Coeur d'Alene in every way they could. And And Coeur d'Alene, they have already been upended by this crap mm. a lot. Mm-hmm. It's it's a rough place to live. It's mm-hmm. worse than where we are. I would Much not worse. want to live yeah. here for anything. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. So that's roughly what happened. They have all bailed out. A uh, bond was set for each of them at three hundred dollars, and so now, I, I now they're just all in charge of contacting the court and setting up a court date. And it looks to me like. That's already happening. There's a bunch of dates already set for July and for August. Right. Um, if found guilty, they could face up to six months in jail and or a thousand dollar up to a thousand dollar fine. So it's not a lot, but it's something. It also sends a message that uh, we don't want this shit in our communities. But the most important part of this 
is this. That a whole bunch of the members of this group were unmasked because they haven't been in the past. They've been pretty elusive. And most of the places that they have gone, they keep their faces covered and they haven't been arrested and charged. That's been pretty right. rare. And so the fact that we have a pretty good look here at who these men are and where they are from is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, there are two men on the list from Idaho, one from Genesee and one from Idaho Falls. Where I hail from, my friends. Mm -hmm. How great for me. Uh, I read a interview with a man who he's a former FBI agent, a retired FBI agent, and his job was to infiltrate militias and hate groups and, you know, keep an eye on them, essentially. Mm -hmm. He says that he believes that this was a recruiting event. This was an attempt to come to northern Idaho, which is famed for being white supremacy central Where ruby ridge happened you guys mm -hmm. like it's yeah and it's not as deeply seated in uh white supremacy as it used to be but there does have that reputation and that events like this are attempts to recruit so because yeah. of that we really have to take a step back and look at what do we know about patriot front mm -hmm. and we know quite a bit actually it's interesting. So according to the Anti-Defamation League, they are a white supremacist group whose members maintain that their ancestors conquered America and bequeathed it to them and no one else. Please. They, they justify their ideology of hate and intolerance under the guise of preserving ethnic and cultural origins of its members' European ancestors. Jackasses. They, I'm just going to keep, you know, yeah. saying what's true when you say whatever they think. How's that? <laughs> they spread their propaganda via the internet and by distributing banners, flyers, posters, and stickers. And there's a lot to know about the stickers. We'll get there. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, in 2020, Patriot Front transitioned from using explicit anti-Semitic language and white supremacist language in its propaganda to more cover bigoted language. You know, the cover is Patriot. Right. Always, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm just a Patriot fighting for my country. Yeah. Bullshit. Somehow the word Patriot and Patriotism has been, uh, yeah, used to represent xenophobia, anti-Semitism, and fascism. Yep, yep. Patriot Front is responsible for the vast majority of white supremacist propaganda distributed in the United States, representing 80% of all propaganda incidents natu nationally in 2020. Wow. 80%. That's interesting, because there's Which only, what, you, like 220 members? Yeah, it would make you think they're a bigger group than they are. They're trying to look big. They are, they work hard to look big. Uh, they... Uh, yeah, they participate in localized flash demonstrations across the nation as recruiting events, as well as intimidation events. Yep. So here's a few tweets uh, and statements that their members have made that I felt was uh, interesting. America is our nation, passed down to us by our fathers, and so long as we live, the enemies of our people will not stand unopposed. Enemies being anyone who's not white. And, and apparently male, because <laughs> they're all male. And under 35, yeah. because you can't be in Patriot Front unless you are 35 or under and in good physical shape. Yeah. They are required to exercise and report to their fitness leader to prove that they're doing the exercises that have been prescribed to them. And if not, they are called out and publicly shamed and beat up on by the leaders. And yeah, they mean it. These they're not guys. even nice to the idiots that join. They're actually pretty cruel to them. Yeah. Wow. So uh, this was another, this is uh, another tweet. American identity was forged in a struggle between civilizations that ended in victory for our ancestors. 
Oh. Hmm. Yeah, bullshit. Mm-hmm. I call bullshit on colonialism right there. What a mm-hmm. bunch of shit. The American identity is not merely given upon birth, but it is seized through the potential of one's blood and the extent to which they fulfill their natural duty to their people. Oh, boy. They're so gross. So, back in 2017, in August, there was an incident with Vanguard America. I don't know if you guys remember this, but this was at a rally where... It was a Unite the Right rally. Yep. In you know, Charlotte. More of this nonsense in Charlotte. And Vanguard was there. And Vanguard is a well-known or was a well-known white supremacist group. Mm-hmm. And one of the members of Vanguard drove his car into a crowd of protesters and killed one person. Yeah. And Vanguard pretty much split the scene after that. And stopped using that name and the people that were there suddenly weren't a part of Vanguard anymore. It's well, a miracle. They did that whole event unmasked yeah. and got doxxed like crazy as they deserved mm-hmm. to. And a lot of them lost their jobs and they got in mm-hmm. huge trouble because they didn't yep. conceal their identities. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they seemed to think that was just going to be okay, you know? Right. And it definitely was not. So this guy, Thomas Ryan Russo, Thomas, or yeah, Thomas was uh, the passenger in the van in Coeur d'Alene. He is the founder and I don't know, do you call him director or grand high dumbass or something? I like grand high dumbass best. Yeah. So he was the director or the guy in charge of whatever, however you want to classify this, to Vanguard America in Texas. So after Mm. this happened and Vanguard America kind of went poof, he started up uh, Patriot Front and started gathering up members. Mm -hmm. So that's what we know. He was already had access to things like their servers, their website, and he just started uh, removing other people in power and just uh, taking himself over. Yeah, all of it. So there was another man by the last name of Hopper, who also, Dylan Hopper, who was uh, Vanguard's group's, group national leader. Mm-hmm. And Hopper says that uh, on June 20th, Thomas underhandedly and deceitfully exiled me from all Vanguard Discord servers that he controlled due to security reasons. I logged off, and when I got back an hour later, I was banned from every single server, including the women's server. It was literally a coup with the guys that I left to handle family matters. Weird. Trouble amongst the ranks. Darn, I got kicked out of my favorite white supremacist group. Wow, wow, buddy. So hard. Ugh, gross. Yes. So, at any rate... Now, here we are with this group, with Patriot Front. So, Patriot Front only has about 200 members that we are aware of. There was a group who, well, it's actually happened multiple times, groups that have infiltrated Patriot Front Mm. to get a better look on the inside at Mm -hmm. what the hell they're doing. And, you know, that's how we know some of the things we know about them. There's (laughs) There's a group called Unicorn Riot. Mm-hmm. who infiltrated them and was able to download a shit ton of their uh, message board stuff and publish it. So I'll put a link in the show description so that you guys can check it out. But what they learned from it was some of the stuff they were doing, some of the plans they had to, uh, A, to grow themselves and to look bigger, One thing that they were doing is creating a lot of fake social media accounts. Oh. And then, like, for example, there was, they had held a a protest or a riot, rally, whatever, somewhere. And then they were instructed to use those fake social media accounts and make comments that supported what they were doing and also uh, inflating their numbers. 
So from their fake accounts, they were commenting things like over 500 people there and stuff like mm -hmm. that to try to make them look bigger than they are. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about the stickers. So the stickers have really been, and flyers too, but the stickers have been kind of the big bread and butter. The stickers that have been placed all over the U.S. Well, the members are required to put out a certain number of stickers every month. And they're required to purchase the stickers at a pretty steep markup from all Thomas Russo. So in other words... The dude is supporting himself in this stupid, yep. dumbass little boy army gang. Mm -hmm. And if you don't buy the stickers and do the job, you're in deep shit. They are given assignments through their message boards that they are supposed to carry out. One of them is buy the stickers and put them out. Another is to print flyers and pass them around. Uh, there was a time last year where... In some of the messages that Unicorn Riot uh, got a hold of, that Thomas said that they were desperate for new members, couldn't seem to get out of that 200 range, and were just absolutely berating the members to get more members right away. Well, I'm sure so. Thomas wants to sell more stickers, bro. Right. But then, uh, he needs to you pay know, the rent. Right. A part of the, uh, you know, the part of that whole, uh, Scam, of course, scammer's going to scam, right? Where have we seen this kind of shit before? Right, hmm. exactly. One more grift. Well, well, the other part of that, you know, there's the exercise, of course. There's the buying the stickers and the everything that you're supposed to post on social media that you're supposed to gather up, fulfilling all of your assignments. Also, you're required to come to these kinds of events. It's really surprising that there was only 31 people there. They showed up in Philadelphia last year with 200. Well, Coeur d'Alene is not the easiest place to get to. No, it isn't. I mean, you can just jump on a plane and end up in Philadelphia. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, Coeur d'Alene has an airport, but it's not that big. I mean, you'd probably have to fly into Spokane and like, it's, yeah, it's not that easy. I can see why. Well, and they're already giving up a good part of their income to old Thomas to buy their stickers. And then they're required to show up all the time to his dumbass riots. And right. I mean, I'm guessing it's gotten pretty expensive to be a member of this club. Kind of sounds like it. And most of them live in their mama's basements. So right. I don't I mean, know if that on. part's true. I, I made that up. I, to be fair, that was an assumption on my part. <laughs> but you had heard that some of their stickers have been being seen in our area. Yes, yes. I was just told this evening that their stickers have been seen in Shelley, Idaho, which is a tiny little town, a farming community about 11 miles from Idaho Falls, where I live. Very, very concerning to me. Yeah, because absolutely. they're recruiting young men, you know, mm -hmm. the kind that like to shoot up schools and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's the same demographic, really. Well, and the kind whose brains aren't fully developed yet. Right. who are super impressionable, who maybe have had hard times in their lives and are looking for some guidance and for some family or some community, right. and they're finding these fools. Yeah. It's interesting to me that the leadership in this group is quite abusive, according to uh, an, an article in The Guardian that I'll post, as well as uh, what we did see from Unicorn Riot, that uh, it's they're pretty abusive with their members, but these guys are here for it, which is mm -hmm. that tells you a lot about who they are. It does. It really does, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's that's most of what we know. Uh, you know, of course, we do know that they're going to have to uh, pay the piper. The other thing that we know, and this is what I really thought when they were first arrested and the pictures of them were first coming out and you could see the looks on their faces. I thought. They didn't think this would happen in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. No, they thought they that law didn't. enforcement would be more than happy to look the other way and let them pull their bullshit here. They really and thought that. Historically, there's been some of that in There Coeur has been. I mean, there honestly, been. the fact that the police 
Well, so many things went right, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody saw something and actually called the police. Mm -hmm. The police believed them, pulled them over, arrested them immediately. Mm -hmm. It, It does my heart good in that there are some good things happening. Yes. And you know, even in a place like Coeur d'Alene, you know, and Coeur d'Alene is... Coeur d'Alene's but, like, listen, our homegrown terrorists are one thing, yeah. but y'all coming from other states in here to pull your terror, we're not having it. Right, apparently. I mean, I would like to really see them charged with conspiracy to commit terrorism. Well, we'll see what the FBI does, because yeah. they already, they have their charges mm-hmm. from the city of Coeur d'Alene But they could easily have more charges coming from the FBI. There could be federal charges coming down the pike as well. Especially because they had that organized manifesto in the truck with them. All about what they were here to do and what their plans were. They had a schedule and everything gridded and mapped out where they were going to go and what they were going to do. And those things aren't going to be good for their team. No. Uh, Thank goodness they never made it to the park. So. We don't have to wonder what was going to happen there. Uh, well, maybe we do, but we, do. Uh, we, we don't have to, uh, you know, see a city burying a bunch of people. It's not usually these guys way to do physical harm that we know of, but you don't know when an incident could get violent. You don't know, especially because there were already members of the panhandle patriots group there that did have weapons like you just don't know you cannot know how this could have gone and how serious it could have been right and well and this park was full of kids yeah but guys this is idaho i don't care most people are armed here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know whether they're participating in pride or protesting against it yeah there are guns everywhere Yep. And that is scary to me that it could have ended up in some kind of crazy shootout. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Without a doubt. It's all scary. All of the what ifs are really scary. It is. But something right happened here too. And we have to remember that. We always have to look for the good too and the growth and change. And this mm-hmm. was good growth and change. Quarterly yeah. police jumped right on it and stopped it. Yep. Big props now, to them. Yeah. But because of that, the uh, police chief did uh, another press conference today indicating that members of Patriot Front are pissed that the police did this to them. Yeah. And they are actively doxing the police in Coeur d'Alene, publishing their names, faces, addresses to their followers for people to come and harass them. Well, and they're getting death threats called into yes. the police station. Mm-hmm. That is how arrogant and stupid we are dealing with here, mm-hmm. that you are going to call in death threats. But I found it interesting. The police chief said that the calls they are getting are about mm-hmm. 50-50, 50 yes. death threats, 50% thank you. Thank you. Thank you for yep. doing the right thing, you know, for protecting mm-hmm. people, that kind of thing. So interesting yep. stuff. It, it doesn't surprise me that this happened in Coeur d'Alene because it's such a challenged community around mm-hmm. white supremacy and around mm-hmm. bigotry and hate yeah. in general. You know, there mm-hmm. are very good people that live there. Mm-hmm. And then there are these shitheads and mm-hmm. the Idaho version of them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. And of course, as soon as it happened and hit the Internet and hit the media, Reading through comments, especially from the Coeur d'Alene area, from their news sites, are chilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, people yeah. who wildly support them also, of course, beating the same old tired drums that this is actually Antifa. This is actually the feds. This yeah. was organized. This was just to make them look bad. Blah, blah, blah. Baby, look at the mugshots and the names right and the there. addresses. Nope. These are real human people that are involved in this group that showed up here to riot. It's yeah. true. It's happening. Yeah. It's so wild. It is. And and that kind of misinformation and lying bullshit, I'm just so, mm-hmm. it's just background noise. Like, you know, it's going to yeah. come, but give me a break. Just like the people who are now claiming that Uvalde, Texas never happened. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. It's predictable at this point. 
is laughable but predictable mm -hmm. yeah but you know we constantly say see something say something mm -hmm. speak up every time anything that looks suspicious and that person that watched those men load into that moving truck saved the day you know yep. and it it seems like it shouldn't be that hard but for a lot of people it, it is mm -hmm. to make the call and say look mm -hmm. something's not right here Mm -hmm. And these guys are well known for arriving in moving trucks full yep. of these men. They did yep. it in Philadelphia. They've done it in other places. Mm -hmm. And I. Yeah. In Philly, I it was for... rider trucks. It was three rider trucks that they yeah. showed up in. Yeah. But, you know, when they did this in Philadelphia, uh, the locals weren't having it. And they basically chased them back out to their trucks. Yeah. They ran Which, from the good. locals. Yeah. But, it was supposed to be a recruiting event. It did not go oh, well. well. Nope. But the fact that this time they were unmasked yep, and we can see their faces, know yep. who they are. I read someone online that said, is it sad that I had to check this list to make sure none of these were my kin? <laughs> and I thought, no, nah, because I did the same thing. Yeah. Nope. Not at all. And there's a man on this list who lives in this town where I live. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting one, too. Mm -hmm. His last name is Jessup. And I was doing a little poking around wondering where this person lives. And someone told me that they know a very large Jessup family that live outside of Idaho Falls that are polygamists who yeah. just run their family farm. They don't work anywhere. They stay right mm -hmm. at home and run the family farm. And he thought that this kid was a part of that family, which I thought was interesting. doesn't necessarily mean he is, you know, but that's what their, their take was from knowing them. Mm -hmm. that they thought this was one of their kids mm -hmm. but uh anyway interesting stuff I, I, I it seems like you know some tides are changing how is it that this group has existed since 2017 and they can't seem to get more than 200 people involved maybe and they've done news. a lot of attempts to recruit particularly those expensive little stickers yeah well apparently the, i i hope <clears throat> that means it's good news you know, I think it does mean it's good news. I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that that does mean it's good news that there's a lot more love than hate in this country. And there's a lot more people who recognize that um, if you don't like pride events, don't go. It's, it's so actually easy. that easy. Yeah. If you don't want your children to attend a pride event, don't take them. Yeah. This isn't that hard. It isn't. It isn't at all. And we cannot sit back and let these little shitheads just intimidate us. No. You know? No. No. Not going to happen. No. So kudos to the concerned citizen. Kudos to the Coeur d'Alene police. Mm -hmm. And to all involved that managed to keep the peace here and, you know, allow the Pride event to finish up without any incident. Oh. <laughs> Other than this, you know, but uh, for everyone to be safe and okay. So, well, and um, I don't know. I had another one on your <laughs> list. Oh, oh, and here's hoping that the FBI can land some federal charges on these fools. Yep. They cross yep. state lines to do this stuff, and I'm hoping that's going to result in some stuff. It could. Where's it conspiracy sure to commit terrorism? Yeah. We need to call it what it is, and that mm -hmm. is terrorism, because mm -hmm. that's what this These is. These are domestic terrorists, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and if nothing else, a bunch of their names and faces were just exposed to hit every watch list in this country. Yeah. And that's good, too. And employers. Yeah. Do your best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to put up with any of this bullshit. No. Nope. No, we do not. So... There you have it. Well, Christy, that's it. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you for our last segment. And I know that this, of course, is. Say it, because now I can't remember. <laughs> it's a it's a crime update. Crime update. God damn it. I did know. I knew it just uh, it didn't show up. Thyroid, it's all good. Serious thyroid brain today. That's fine. <laughs> yes. Here we go with a crime update. Here we go. <laughs> I'm 
want to talk to you about Mark Middleton. Mark Middleton was uh, fairly well known in the Clinton administration. And he's from Arkansas. Okay. He passed away in May of this year. And there are a lot of questions about his death. Oh. He uh, was a Little Rock businessman, had some pretty significant links to Jeffrey Epstein, including being in his black book. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, He was also the person that admitted Jeffrey Epstein to the White House many times during Clinton's presidency. Really? So Middleton was 59 when he died. He was found hanging from a tree by an extension cord with a shotgun blast through his chest. Whoa. And that's been called suicide. Oh, of course it has. It reminds me of Kurt Cobain. How do you kill yourself twice? Why would you kill yourself twice? Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions. His family wants everyone to shut up and not talk about it. They're suing the the cops to not release any information. And they're saying that he was depressed. And I think they're just trying to keep themselves and their family and his name out of this as much as possible. But you have to question, if you were going to shoot yourself with a shotgun, why would you also hang yourself? Yeah, why? Apparently he's and like, how? Stood up on a picnic table to do it and then shot himself and then he hung. That's what they're saying. Although, the, I don't know, guys, come on. Let's think about Jeffrey Epstein and how Jeffrey Epstein died. Mm-hmm. And there are so many questions around that. And yeah. his name was in the black book. So wow. I don't know. I wanted to bring it to our attention and bring it to everybody's attention because I think it's something we need to be aware of. Yet again, someone involved with Epstein is dead. In a very suspicious way. In a very suspicious way. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think it's an absolute miracle that Ghislaine Maxwell is still alive? I, I do. They must I have such tight security on her. They must. Because now, what? the sheriff will not comment on this because it's an open investigation. Okay. So I don't know if they really do think it's a suicide or not. But it it's being called that. Is There's it being called that more by his family? His family, but apparently that's also what the medical examiner has said. I don't know. Again, that just does not track. Why do you kill yourself twice? This part right. doesn't make sense to me. Um also There is a woman named Ashley Haynes, and she was found drowned in the Arkansas River. Okay. And there was a very similar extension cord tied to her ankle with a concrete block to, like, sink her into the water. Really? And there's some scuttlebutt, and this is unconfirmed, so just be aware. There's scuttlebutt on the internet that she knew Mark Middleton. Oh. And they were meeting, they had been meeting regarding some important financial things. Oh, interesting. Okay. So there's some stuff going on there. I think we just don't know. And of course, his family is doing everything to try to keep it hidden. They mm-hmm. are um, quite prominent in their community. They own an HVAC company. And okay. I'm sure there's a huge part of this where they're just trying to protect their family. Their business. Their business. But if this is related to his involvement with Epstein, we need to know. Because yet again, Ghislaine Maxwell has been convicted of sex trafficking. And yet, to whom? Besides Jeffrey Epstein, to whom? Right? So his name is in the Black Book. Hmm. His name is on the flight manifest many times. Of the um, plane, Epstein's plane, that went to his his island. His name was a part of those. Well, I guess not if we already know it's in the book. But Yeah, it's already been released that it was in the black book. Uh You know, Epstein's jet, the Lolita Express, he was, Mm -hmm. he had flown on it. And Epstein made 17 trips to the White House between 1993 and 1995, while Clinton mm-hmm. was in office, and seven of those were authorized by Mark Middleton. Wow. So there's quite 
a lot of connection there. So there are a lot of questions. So I just felt like we should bring it up, be aware of it. Mm -hmm. This is what's being said about Mark Middleton and his death. Um, I am going to always come back to the question of why do you kill yourself twice? It makes no sense at all to me. No. So we'll see. Interesting. Uh, Hopefully there will be more. Yeah. Yeah. People are not letting this one go. And so I think we'll probably see more eventually. Fingers crossed. Unless uh, Middleton's family really prevail in keeping everything private. But I just don't think that's okay. No, it's not. They probably won't. That's a... That's a pretty uh, desperate effort that probably won't pan out, but I would hope so. Yeah. All righty. Well, there you have it. That's a jam-packed episode of all kinds of nonsense going on, but now you know. So thanks so much for being here. We're going to be back tonight at 7 p.m. with case updates. Yes. Huge stuff going on in the Harmony Montgomery case. Oh, yikes. As well as several other really uh, interesting things happening. So we're going to be here. We'll talk all about it. 7 p.m. Mountain. Mm-hmm. And then another live stream tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Mountain for the Psychic Hour. So lots yes. of good stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Thanks, you guys, so much for being here. We appreciate you so much. Please like, share, follow, comment. Also, there's a brand new function here on YouTube called Super Thanks. Super oh, yes. Thanks is a way that you can tip an episode not just ours, but anyone who has it turned mm-hmm. on uh, to uh, put a little, uh, send a little money their way to thank them for the work that they're putting in. And honestly, we make very little money on YouTube. We're mostly just here because uh, we want to be. Mm-hmm. And so we appreciate every little uh, bit of help like that. No pressure whatsoever. But if it's ever something, if we ever put out an episode that just really uh, touches you or grabs you or that you feel like you want to give us a little extra tip for, that's how you do it. And it comes highly appreciated. Certainly. And of course, you can find our Patreon over Mm -hmm. on Patreon, True Crime Paranormal. And we have two episodes a month that come out there. We have about 200 episodes built up over there now. So if you want to come be a patron, you'll get a little extra us. A lot of times we do episodes over there that we don't feel safe or comfortable putting out to the world for various Mm -hmm. reasons. Either it's just too hardcore true crimey for YouTube uh, or the podcast or... It's uh, something that for our own safety, we're not putting out publicly and there's yeah. been a few of those recently, but you can catch them if you uh, subscribe to our Patreon. So yep. thanks so much for being here. This has been yet another production of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.